0: Good morning everyone. It's uh, good to be with you. Happy Father's Day to you dads out there. Um, I know that uh, being a dad this year, I'm also a grandpa, which is kind of a fun thing. I will just say just a word of encouragement. You know, I hope you never underestimate your influence and your capacity to influence your your kids and your family. And uh, to all of us dads, let's keep growing Let's keep being the best version of ourselves that we can be. I, that's just my, my my word of encouragement this morning to you. And I want to say uh, we're in this series this summer called What Is? And so this morning we are going to be looking at, and I, I wanted to kind of explore this, what is waiting on the Lord? And so for some of you, you might be in that season. I've been through some seasons uh, of, of waiting, I feel like, in my life, and, and there's some things that I 've learned, and there's some things that I 've had to learn in that journey. and so I, wanna, I look forward to kind of exploring that together. One thing I 've learned about myself is that I 'm not really all that a uh, patient person. So waiting is not my, my forte or my, uh, really a fun thing. So I have this collage of pictures, and, and I see some of these, and, and these are things that, you know you think about waiting. Even looking at the lines or the traffic is like, ugh, it just makes me cringe. I do not like that. I mean, those waiting moments. I've also learned that waiting is hard. And in fact, it's particularly hard in a season of time and uncomfortable when I'm waiting in particular for a prayer to be answered. Some of you know what I mean. You know, maybe you've been praying something for even years. and You're going, what in the world? What is God up to? What is he doing? Or maybe you're trying to discern your future. What does the future look like? And you have no idea and you're waiting for God to give a picture. Or maybe you're wanting something. You're really longing for something. You have a deep, deep desire. Maybe it's you want to have a child or start a family. You want to have a job, a particular job, or you want to be married, or you want to have this sense of purpose and meaning, or you just want some sense of stability. And and I got to tell you, waiting is hard. Or maybe you've been diagnosed with an illness, and you're in the midst of saying, God, when are you going to bring healing? Maybe a freedom from an addiction. You're going, God, would, would you do something? And you're, you're just waiting. Or maybe you have this season of loss. You've lost something. And you realize, you know, life will never be the same. I can never go back to what, what was. And I have no clue what the future holds. And so I would say, if that's the case... You are suddenly in this season of waiting and going, God, what in the world happened? What do you have for me? So waiting is hard. In fact, there was a verse that came to me uh, from Proverbs 13, I, I don't know, several years ago when I was in a season of waiting and it just made so much sense to me. The first half of this verse says this, it says, hope deferred makes a heart sick. And, and I was like, yeah, that's me. I was longing for something to happen and waiting on God. And it's like, it wasn't happening. Like, what are you doing? And I think so many times, that this is the other thing that I've learned in, in these seasons of waiting, what we really want is our circumstances to change. Right? We want, and we get all anxious, and we're hoping that, that if, if we would only, if things would only happen, in a certain way, if our circumstances would change, then those feelings would be resolved. What I've found is that God often wants to do something else. He's not necessarily going to change the, the circumstances we find ourselves. He wants to do something inside of us. He wants to do something with our own anxiety, our own feelings, our own sort of heart issues. He wants to do something there. And so, this morning, what I want to do is I want to read... From Psalm, uh, Psalm 27, uh, just a little background, and I didn't put the words up, so it's really an opportunity for you to listen and just hear, but it's helpful to know the background of Psalm 27. It's a Psalm of David. We think it was written when he was really a, a young guy. I mean, he's had some victories. He's conquered, you know, Goliath, and uh, he's become a national hero, but he's really still a teenager, okay? He's young. And then he's taken under the wing of Saul, the king. And the king, you know, actually is very jealous and envious of David. And in fact, probably has already taken, you know, a shot to kill David. And uh, so what we think is that David, in this season, is convinced his best friend Jonathan, who is the son of the king, Saul, that his dad is actually after him. And, And Jonathan says, that can't be, surely not. In fact, you can read all of this in 1 Samuel uh, 19, 20, 21. Those chapters, you can go back and read that. But basically, he convinces Jonathan to know that Saul is actually after him, and Jonathan eventually helps him escape. And so, what we think is that David wrote this psalm when he is fleeing the king, and he's alone. And he thinks that his life is, uh, obviously, he can't go back to once what, what was, and he has no clue what the future holds. So he's in this season of waiting. And this is what he writes. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me my heart will not fear though war break out against me even then I will be confident one thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple for in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent And set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, Seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will, nev- will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes for false witnesses. Rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And wait for the Lord. So when I read that, I was thinking to myself, what is waiting on the Lord? Well, to me, it's, it's, some, it's simply this. It is this idea of a time or a season of practicing or practice patience. You know, I can just say, well, just be patient. But what does that actually mean? Practice patience, to me, is like there are some things that I can actually do in practicing patience. It's a practiced patience. And I want us to hear and kind of glean some of the things that David actually does in this psalm. In the midst of a season where he can't go back to one what was and he has no idea what is the future so what is it he first does and I love this in verse one the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid what does he do in this season of waiting he starts with God <laughs> and he says you know what I need to remind myself of some things about God. I need to declare some truths, some things that I actually believe about God. In fact, so often I think we allow our fears to drive us, and yet he doesn't want fear to drive him. He wants faith to drive him. And he declares these things. He says something to. I think he's speaking to himself. He's saying, I need to remind myself who God is he's my light, he's my salvation, he's the one who's going to rescue me, he's my stronghold, he's, he's the center, he's the place where I can find security and hope, and you know, think about that, he's got the, the most powerful man that he knows on the, on the earth chasing him, and all of his men chasing him, and yet he declares something about God, God's got this, When we are in a season of waiting, I think one of the most important things is just to remember, let's not let fear drive us. Maybe I need to remember, what do I believe about God? That He is my light. You know, I had a friend um, tell me this, and, and it was kind of powerful. I was asking, what do you think about, what is waiting on the Lord? And he said to me, you know what, I think it's like being pushed from behind, being led from behind like, wow. And you know he's kind of describing, he said, you know, you really, at times you can't see forward, and yet you're trusting, and you're believing that God is doing something, and he's going to move you forward regardless of how I see or what I know to be next. And I was thinking about that. Actually, the last couple of days, um, we've been in, in Pella just doing some wedding planning for my daughter, and so we've been sleeping at my parents' house. I had this weird experience last night I had this experience, uh, and I I was sleeping really hard. We were back home, and I popped up straight in bed. I'm like, where am I? Have you ever had that feeling? I mean, I just had no clue. I was like, for some reason, I just thought it was just a weird experience. And then I turned my head, and I saw the light kind of from my bathroom kind of sneaking out the bottom of the door. It's just that little light, I'm like, ah, I'm home. And I want to, I'm going to follow that. I know where I am. And I think David is saying, you know what? God's character is such that he's going to reveal himself. I'm going to trust him. God's character is that he's going to rescue me. God's character is that he's going to keep me safe until he calls me home. I need to remind myself of who God is in that season of waiting. That practice patience. I I remind myself. And then he goes on to say this in verse 4. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord. One thing. He could have asked for lots of things, right? This only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. And to seek him in his temple. Now, I, I will say I'm a sports fan, so I've been following the NBA. I, I don't know if you guys watched the NBA finals. It was kind of a, it was the wrong team for me. I'm kind of green. And I've also been watching the NHL. I'm not a real hockey fan. But one thing I, I was thinking about was that, man, all of these athletes, they've really oriented their life in one direction. I mean, they are are committed and have been committed for most of their life to become the very best athlete that they can become and to become a champion. I mean, that's their ultimate goal. And and it's obvious. I mean, they're really skilled at what they do. And they have done those things. And and it's interesting to me that David, when he's being chased by the king and he has no clue of what's going to happen next, he says, this is what I seek. This is the one thing. Now, for me, I often come to God with all of the things that I want him to do. I'm saying, here's all my my stuff, and here's all the things that I want you to do, God, and I come with an agenda, and David said, no, I just want to seek you. I want to see your beauty. I want to see you. I want to be in your presence, in your temple. So he comes without expectation, he comes without sort of wanting to resolve things and he says, I want to orient my life towards you and I want to pursue you without expectation. I just want to see your beauty. I want to be in your presence. So, what if in our season of waiting, we first of all remind ourselves, what do we really believe about God? But we would also say, I want to pursue. The presence of the Lord in my life, without this whole list of other things that I'm expecting him to do, I'm just going to come and I'm going to seek him. I'm going to seek his beauty. It's a great time, I think, if you're in a season of waiting, to reorient your life and say, what are the priorities of my life? What is that thing that I want to be real? Am I going to pursue the presence of the Lord without agenda? Just simply say, God, I need to experience your presence. I need to be with you. Now, here's, here's the beauty of it. Now, I don't think this is intended what he's trying to say, but there are some things that he's learned that become fringe benefits. Okay? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent he will set me high on a rock. In other words, he's going to provide safety for me. He's going to give me a sense of security and well-being. That's so powerful. Or he goes on to say, then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. In other words, my image of that is simply this, that he's going to give me new perspective I'm going to rise above. I'm going to see something. Maybe I'm seeing a bigger picture when I've been stuck. There's something greater going on that God's up to. Or I'm going to be able to experience joy in the midst of hard things. Sacrifice with shouts of joy. And it has nothing to do with my circumstances. And it has a lot to do with who God is and what he's done for me. And what he's doing for me. You know, in Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 30, it says this. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, those who wait, in the Lord, in other words, as the Lord, as I pursue the Lord the Lord will renew their strength. The Lord will renew their strength. And then it goes on to say, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now, I know that some of you are tired and you're feeling beaten down and you're just longing for something to happen, for some change to happen. What if... You just came to the presence of the Lord and you just sat there and you said, Okay, God, without expectation, I just want to see you and experience your beauty. Well, the scriptures promise that something's going to happen in us. Something will change in us. And God renews our strength. Let's move on. Actually, Verse 10, I, just, I want to point this out just for a second. Verse 10 says, another benefit of pursuing the Lord is that he always receives us. Now, what got me to thinking about that is that um, I guess I was, I was thinking that it's a good thing that I'm not dependent upon my emotional well-being uh, by my spouse or my kids. <laughs> because I, w- I have been sadly disappointed when I have put too much trust in them. Right? I, I was in a moment where I was feeling really rejected by my own family. Ever been there? I mean, come on. It's just real. And then this verse came on and said, Though my father and mother, even the people closest to me, forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I was like, wow. That is so, so good. Think about it. He never will reject us. When we go to him, when we pursue him, he never turns us away, ever. He always receives. Now, I'm thinking about David's life. He had no idea who was with him. I mean, he had the whole army of Saul pursuing him. He had no idea if his family was with him. He was an outcast as far as he was concerned. But the Lord received him. So we pursue. In the season of waiting, we remind ourselves of who God is. We pursue the Lord. And then let me say this in verse 11. He says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Now, so it's also a time when we're waiting to practice this idea of being teachable. Teachable. You know what that requires for us to be teachable? The actual idea that I may be wrong about my expectations, about my ideas of what should happen or shouldn't happen. and I'm telling you what, that is the hardest thing, right? That I could be wrong. And maybe God's ways are different than my ways, God's ways are higher than my ways, that that maybe he is up to something different than me. So am I going to be teachable? Recently, um, Giselle and I were with a, a dear friend of ours. We hadn't seen her for 20 years. And we sat and we listened to her story for a couple of hours. And unfortunately, she's going through a divorce. And she is struggling So hard with that. And she's like, why is this happening? And wanting so much for her spouse, her former spouse to, to change. And she's learning, she's thinking, you know, somehow I have to trust God with that and not put my own expectations on that. I have to be open to that maybe God is going to do it in a different way or, or God is up to something even if I don't understand what he's up to. And I'm like, wow, that is so profound. Can I share that? And she said, yeah, absolutely. Because that's the truth. Am I, am I learning to be teachable in these seasons where I'm waiting for God to act and I want something to happen, but it's really out of my control? Maybe he's got a different way to do it. Maybe he's got something he's going to teach me. In it. Am I open to that? And then he says this I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, as we were talking, I was just hearing uh, this woman talk about what she's doing and and how she's investing in her own children and, and what she's doing that she never expected to do and I'm like wow it's amazing what, what you're able to do I'm, I'm so proud of you it's amazing I just tried to affirm her in, in all of those things and and she said yeah you know I'm, I'm learning to see the good <laughs> I'm learning to see the good one of the things that um one of the stories that captured my attention at Easter was the story of the, on the road to Emmaus. The disciples, the couple of disciples are walking away from Jerusalem. They can't believe what's happening. And all of a sudden, this traveler comes up alongside them, right? And they start talking. And they're like flabbergasted. Haven't you heard about what's happened and all these things? And, and they're just walking. And then eventually, they have a meal together. And it's at the meal when... When this traveler breaks bread and gives them juice, their eyes become open, they realize it was the risen Lord. He was with them. Now, to me, that's a that's a story of, of something I think God does all the time. And it's only God that seems to take those ordinary, everyday events and transforms them into something of his presence, something good, something beautiful. So in the midst of our waiting, are we looking for God at work? Not in the life that I'm hoping to live, not in the life that I should be living, not in the life that I'm going to live, but in the life that I'm living right now. In this moment, that God is present, and he's doing good things. I'm not looking for something good to happen. I'm seeing good happen. One of the things that I... I don't know, I've shared this story a different place, but Giselle and I like to walk. We walk almost every day, I would say. And it's like a, it's like a discipline for us. And uh, you know, this is what I've said and, and people remind me all the time. I said, you know, if we're holding hands, it's probably a pretty good day. And if we're not holding hands, well, we're working something out, Right? And that's kind of how it goes. It's like we talk and we walk and we, we, we share life together and we're doing this life together and suddenly it's like there is the Lord. God shows up in those everyday mundane things. So can we find meaning in the mundane? Can we look for God to be working, to look for the good? Because he's working He's working all around us, even as we wait. Even as we wait. Friends, I think what David is saying is this. Remind yourself of who God is, trust Him, pursue Him, be teachable, look for the good. Give your mind a break from planning and trying to anticipate what will happen. Give your body a rest. Just rest. Maybe another word for waiting on the Lord is resting, learning how to be patient, and then trusting Him with the results of whatever it is without expectation. Let's pray together. Father, it's so easy to be in this season maybe where we are longing for you to do something, um, to answer a prayer, to give us uh, freedom or perspective or a focus or an answer to prayer. And God, for us to simply give in to fear. Lord, we want more than giving in to fear. We want to trust you. And to believe that you have something good for us. That you want to do something good in us. As much as you maybe want to change our circumstances. Maybe even more. Remind us again that you are our light. Our salvation. The stronghold of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.